I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supper with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Kachanov, and it came true. And I'm Jackie Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just really wanted to say Jackie Weaver. Uh, oh, so I mean, you got it. Why wait? Um, but I am Colin yes. Trucker, and... Um, yeah, and and it it did come true, and you got your episode of best supporting podcast. Yeah, this one was a, uh, it's it like was wasn't the most obvious one for me uh, to kind of cover. I, I wasn't necessarily eager, but once I like saw my short list, I was like, yeah, it's time for Anne. Mm-hmm. It's time for Anne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I appreciate this choice. I think you know, a, a, it makes perfect sense that. We've had this is our third musical theater best supporting actress or no fourth mm. excuse me fourth we've had yeah. West Side Story Dream Girls uh, Chicago and now Les Mis I mean are there any others no. at this point No good for you for rattling I had to think about the third one I was like who else have we covered I can only remember Rita and Jennifer Hudson but yeah yeah um, maybe there'll be more yeah who knows? yeah so who knows I mean. Judy Dench for Cats, you know? Has the moment passed? <laughs> Judy Dench for Notes on a Scandal, the musical. <laughs> I mean, that needs to be written that. by some gay. Mm, those would be... Maybe it's me. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's me. Maybe. Um, and I love the pun of notes, you know? Maybe you just call it Ooh. notes because it's... Because <laughs> you're an in-the-know theater person. Oh, I've got notes rehearsal tonight. Oh, yes, exactly. Mm. Notes on Notes on notes a Scandal. Notes on Notes on a Scandal. <laughs> Or though I think they would call it scandal. Scandal. I, think, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's what it would. Oh be. yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It could go either way. It's a great problem to have that there is a notes on a scandal musical for people to call notes or scandal. Yes, and there will be a song called "You're Not Young." <laughs> oh my god, I'm imagining whole... this big chorus repeating "You're Not Young." <laughs> yes, and then parentheses like so- in the like song yes. it'll say like I say this to help you. <laughs> oh my god, I. <laughs> That has somehow become like such a new favorite quote. Like I feel like you're not young, I, and and the, the 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 young, like the way that it's like this like oh, elongated yes, the thing. Nuance. Yeah, the nuance oh, of it's it. So good. <laughs> it's so good. Well, how are you, Colin? Oh, how, how was your week? My week. How was your weekend. It's been. Tell me it's been it. good. You know, I. It's not my BSA of the week, but I feel like you'd be someone I could talk about this with. I just yeah. watched this morning that documentary. Um, best worst thing that could have happened the one about merrily we roll along or merrily oh. as you would yes merrily, merrily. Yes. but uh, that one i mean that's a long title it so is. i will kind of permit that to an extent i had to so. like struggle to get it all out and i didn't want to 
sound like I was in the know, but Merrily is just yes. easier to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even that's a bit what of a... What did you think? Um, yeah, I know. I, you know, at first I have, I've seen... Um, it was like one of those where they, they filmed a production, I think, on the West End, and then they showed it in movie theaters here. And so I saw yeah. that like years ago, and I remember I, it didn't make a huge impact, but I remember I liking it. Um, and so I, it's not, I don't know it the same way I know Company, you know, even though I oh, haven't yeah. seen Company yet. But that's okay. I mean, I you will form your own opinion. Yeah, you know it. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with the the. Uh, I almost said soundtrack. That is oh, not what it's called. Me. It's a cast cast recording album. Yeah. right. Cast, cast album? recording. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, uh, album. <laughs> yeah, but the one of them. <laughs> <one of those. laughs> but the um, best worst thing. I, I feel like even that I have to abbreviate. Best worst thing. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I it by mm-hmm. the end. Oh, by the end, it got me, gal. It got me. I was like, okay. Oh, and I'm emotional. That dressing room scene. Stop yes, it. We're all. Oh, it's too much. <laughs> too much. Every time, um, it I think it was real. Terry Finn. I don't really know her, but I just remember that was her name. She has a couple of talking head, talking through tears moments that are really lovely. Yeah. And, that, and, and was like very sort of charming. She was my BSA, but the one who cried in the dressing room, she took it home for me. Yeah, it's 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 uh, pretty real for anyone who's just like, you know, at least anyone who's trying to make a living in the arts, whatever sort of avenue of that it is if you're a dancer if you're even if you're like a technician you know what i mean if if you're in the theater or any sort of branch of that it's it fucking sucks yeah. and sometimes yeah. it's like that whole like oh especially since they're all older now they're not old by any means but they're older for sure mm-hmm. right? and just they're like not looking young. back on that <laughs> you're not they're not young i say this to help them <laughs> God. uh I have to say, I listened to your uh, your Matreon episode of Parasite, oh. and when you said, when you're talking about um, Mr. Kim, and you're like, I'll be your Bong Joon-ho, I was like, <laughs> oh, God. that was so great. I just had to throw that in Thank before you. I forget Thank you. To, to mention that. That was some of your best work. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. But anyways. I appreciate um, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Speaking of crying through tears, though, or no, crying through tears, Jesus Christ, (laughs) talking through tears and even singing through tears, we are here today to discuss Anne Hathaway's Best Supporting Actress win for Les Mis, Les Miserables. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah, I'm going to avoid saying, I'm going to definitely do the theater shorthand this week and call it Les Mis. Yes. Yes. We are are fine with that. We will accept that this Um, week. Yeah. This was, and this was your choice, and- yeah. It, you know what's funny is that like you suggested it and for a moment I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about that one. Yeah. And I've never seen it. Um I I mean, you know, it, okay. Les Mis is a bit more of a musical that I'm not as you know, that 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 kind of style doesn't excite me as much. Though I did watch mm-hmm. m- some more of the movie other than just Anne's scenes. So I I got to at least kind of take a little bit more in. And I appreciate okay. I can appreciate um like I watched the ending, obviously, and it was very clear to me. That, like, do you hear the people sing? Is the like sob into your coat song? I I get it, yeah. and I and I agree with it. It 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 is impactful. Like, especially, and I would imagine if you were with watching the whole show and getting really sucked in, that that has got to just like ruin so many so much makeup every time. Yeah. Oh, there's there there are a few songs. I mean. Uh, bring him home. Who Jean Valjean sings that? That's that's like a tearjerker. I mean, even on my own, 
I'll say it. You know, it is th- those songs are so overdone sure. for a reason too. Like this is always, I would say at least in the top three, if not the musical that everyone f- just starts listening to because of these classic songs too. Mm-hmm. Like, and including "I Dreamed the Dream" and and that bunch too. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely like I can I can see why people love it, even if I'm not. This isn't my you know typical cup of soup. Yeah. Um. That being said. I don't want to just jump the gun on the whole conversation and and we can certainly talk about the movie and I want to hear about your experience with Les Mis. I am, while I am coming into this not super into musical theater, I have a very deep appreciation for what Anne Hathaway did in this role and in her way of approaching the role. Um, Yeah. So Mm -hmm. uh, I will leave it at that. I am curious because you are a bit more well-versed. What's your Les Mis uh, I wish I, the wish was upon, but I can't think of anything. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it's okay. Um, my journey, my relationship. Uh, yeah, I was one of those, you know, musical theater gays in high school that like started listening to, of course, like. Um, uh, I mean, on my own is probably the first one that everyone hears, and then it's maybe I dream the dream, and then it's um, why am I blanking on Marius's song? My lord, that's crazy. Uh, empty chairs and empty tables. Mm. Wow, that was close. You know, um, I just want to pause and like, say, I just love being a gay man and having a conversation where someone says, oh, why am I blanking on Marius' song? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> like, these are the moments. But anyway, not to interrupt uh, you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and then there's One Day More, which is the big, like, ensemble number that you kind of just learn every part and just sing it, you know, to yourself. Mm-hmm. Or at least, like, in my experience, like, in my parents' minivan, driving my friends back from music <laughs> rehearsal. Oh, God. Musical rehearsal. That's, yeah, I was that gay, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Oh, yeah, we have uh, to celebrate I'm like Piper Laurie, yeah. and I loved and it. I loved oh, it. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Beautiful ballads playing in my minivan, and I liked it. I liked it. Because <laughs> it does smell of whiskey. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, but yeah, I, I'd say I've never been in it. I've always wanted to be in it. They did it, of course, the year after I graduated high school. That was the show that they chose the next year. And I was pissed, Wow. but, um, it's fine. Um, and it's, it's sort of like, I don't even know if it's like a bucket list show for me anymore. I don't think there's anything for me specifically in the in just like the roles that I would want mm-hmm. or uh but it is like it is one of those shows where uh it's pretty ensemble heavy and to be in the ensemble of that show you you do have a lot to do mm-hmm. um so it's cool especially for the men um and uh yeah so when I when I knew this was coming out I was excited for it uh I remember some of the early casting I think that um Hugh Jackman is great in this role. Mm-hmm. Like he can actually sing. I think he does a really, really great job. Um, and uh, I, I think I was like mildly excited for uh, Anne because of uh, I knew that she could sing only because I think it was Hugh Jackman that was hosting the Oscars a couple years prior to that, and Anne Hathaway had this like. It was the year of Rachel getting married. Right. Um, it was the year she was nominated for that. And she sang like a couple notes. And I was like, oh, she can sing. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did not and, realize that. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's it's fun. Um, so that's sort of my relationship with like the musical, I'd say. And um, and, and we'll get into more of like her performance in a bit too. But I, I do agree with you. I think that Anne Hathaway 
is really great in this. And even after watching the clip a couple times today, too, like there are a few moments where the accent is a little questionable mm-hmm. and, uh, and, the, and the number at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's just like there's these little moments of like uh it's like do you do you need this english accent because you're in france oh I, but also mm. like no one's really speaking french and everyone has yeah. like a different sort of inflection that sort of lilt lilt in their <laughs> voice i guess um and i was like well, i wonder why she chose that but also fine um yeah i hear so, you yeah. i i definitely that was something that stood out to me that i thought well i'm just not here to question why no one's french but okay um yeah you know no big deal um i will say on the on the topic of not being really into musicals um and not having watched the whole movie but what i I, the scene i did see more than once was at the end of the day and that song is like so this is more about me than the song that is very quintessential of the kind of musical theater i don't like sure sure sure. it just oh god like it is so many things that don't appeal to me but i know that that's just me you know it's like i don't like mushrooms that's not mushrooms fault you know (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true yeah Yeah, i get that i i do get it and i think that uh that that's valid yeah that's certainly valid yeah Yeah. that's just because i mean i think sure i think that most people most musical theater people um you know adults kid it's like one of those it's like phantom of the opera and les mis and um, you know, all, it, like you get, you think that they are the best musicals ever written, mm-hmm. and there will never be anything as impactful or powerful or greater than that. And then you grow up, and then you discover Sondheim. And right. then there's like other things uh, that are just, uh, and among other composers too, and musicals too. Uh, but yeah, I get it. I get it. I I saw Les Mis a couple times. I saw it here uh, in Pittsburgh. I saw it on tour. Um, I think I've seen it twice, and each time I was like, all right, we get it here. Like, there's a lot of thematic like just certain themes of uh, that they use over and over again they recycle in the score that i was like couldn't they put anything else in here it's crazy right it's just a lot yeah um so yeah anyway yeah i mean it, it definitely feels like having not seen anything other than finding all watching all of Anne's scenes because it was on hbo go so i just like started it watched till she died and then i was like okay i know she's at the end so i like hurry to the end perfect that's all you really yeah. need to it's a short it's just um uh, it's it's definitely in that category of you know the judy denches and the beatrice straits of oscar winners too which yeah. is cool I, I i kind of forgot like i said yeah i kind of forgot about it i kind of just like stored it away and i think that's interesting right it's, yeah uh, it's yeah. this whole i mean it kind of leads us into my next sort of our, our topic really the way we're going to approach this is Anne Hathaway's trajectory as an actress before Les Mis, during Les Mis, and after Les Mis is so fascinating to me. And it's, you know, there are other actresses that we can talk about. I mean, to me, I kind of call it like the Katherine Heigl syndrome. Mm, mm-hmm. There are other, there are certain actresses like Katherine Heigl is the first one, or like the first one that always comes to mind. And then there's Anne Hathaway. There's even like, I was thinking earlier, like Lena Dunham. Yep. She was mm-hmm. like, she, and and then Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. It's all these sort of, and they're all women, which is bullshit right. because a lot of the thing. And like I will say that not all of these women are. There's certain like each story is different too, but we're we're talking about Anne, um, of course now. So, what is your, 
what is your take? What what do you think? It's a, it's a very broad question, mm-hmm. but what do you know about like the demise of Anna Hathaway? Do you still love Anne? Did you always love Anne? Mm. Tell me. So I, yeah. you know, I I don't know what exactly it was, but I think I agree with you that this this happens to actresses, you know, who even can be all a little bit different where all of a sudden it's just like, "Oh, we don't like her anymore. She can't sit with us anymore." Yeah. And it's Yes. Yeah, and and Anne Hathaway was definitely a huge um victim of that i mean i think anne hathaway she definitely has like anyone who's been in like a high school musical or has gone to theater camp or whatever like everyone knows who anne hathaway like reminds them of in terms of that there's an earnestness and like an excitement to just be a part of it all that that feels it's very much like um that little gag in 30 rock with the girl who's like, I just got off the bus, you know? And like, Oh yeah. You know, it's like, it's very much that. And, um, I, I think that that kind of earnestness and that sort of like, gee, I guess that's really the word for it. I think that can be very off putting, um, or, or, or it can be like just perfect, um, perfect fodder for online critics and for trolls and whatnot. Like it, it's the perfect opposite. It's like somebody who's just like sunshine and lollipops. Well, somebody who's like miserable in their basement, that's like perfect target. And so I think Mm -hmm. there's a bit of that, you know, and I think, uh, that being said, I mean, she, it's not like that's what all of her work reflects. I mean, when you see Brokeback Mountain or Rachel getting married, um, you know, where it's like, she's, you know, even, I mean, The Princess Bride, it's like they're Disney movies, you know? And even then, she's she's playing a nerd. The Princess Diaries. Princess Diaries. Is it The Princess Bride? Okay. Princess Bride, thank you. I just, I, I just want to save you before I, people I start tweeting totally, us. Totally, yes. totally. I know she wasn't in The Princess Bride. I know this. Um, so I, uh, I feel like people are criticizing, like, how she's coming across in real life and then judging her work based on that, where it's like, well, no, she does good work in movies, and mm-hmm. um and I mean to that point, I think in in Les Mis, it's like in some ways I was like no one had to work harder than Anne Hathaway to win this Oscar, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean I it's like I, I get why people are put off by her, but I think to then say she's a bad actress is like to equate the two I don't think is fair. Yeah, they're they're not in the same it's apples and oranges at that point too. Mm-hmm. Um I, I remember, like, I feel like in 2001 is when the, the Princess Diaries came out. She was 19 when she made that movie, and that was her first sort of, like, uh, you know, the take the, the takeoff point. What am I trying to say here? Uh, she really, yeah. yes, launching mm-hmm. pad. What am I trying yeah. to say? Kind of uh, yeah, took it's off the first movie. Yes, yes, it did. Um, and then she did Ella Enchanted after that, which I didn't really see. Um, at least I don't think so. And then Brokeback Mountain came. Uh, in 2005, which is definitely like certainly a departure. I just think of her, you know, topless in the back seat mm-hmm. and then the phone call scene. Mm-hmm. But like you said, some good work. Terrible wig, but good work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Terrible wig. Uh, yeah. Her name is Lorene, isn't it? I, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what kind of was a little bit of a turn for her. And then the next year was Devil Wears Prada in 2006. And I just think that like she almost had this sort of. Um, at that point, too, like, people really were falling in love with her, and especially after Divorce Prada. Like, it was, like, 
that Julia Roberts vibe. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like a lot of people were kind of comparing her to Julia Roberts. It's like the big toothy smile, you know, America's sweetheart, girl next door sort of uh, energy, I guess, yeah. too. And then a whole bunch of other things happened. There was Becoming Jane, which I saw. There was Get Smart with Steve Carell. Oh, right. And... Yeah, and then Rachel getting married in 2008, which was her first Oscar nomination, too. So, And I know you're a fan of the film, for sure, too. So, But I know there's a lot of other moving parts within that movie that you really love. Um, yeah, I would say that there's other elements that I love more, but I, yes. I think that she's very good in it. And I think that she has that one monologue that she really sells. And, um, you know, and, and what's actually what's interesting about Rachel getting married is... It's easy to watch that and be like, oh, my God, I can't stand Anne Hathaway in that. But it's the character. It's a very – there's – I mean, there's elements of it that I think – I think some of the elements that might feel kind of grating or people perceive as grating about Anne Hathaway, it's like Mm -hmm. she leans into those in creating this character of Kim. And so Kim is like so – I'm like, oh, God, I know exactly who this is, and and I can't stand this person. And so I – I appreciate that Anne Hathaway was willing to be that of all people that Anne Hathaway was willing to be so tremendously unlikable in that movie. Yeah. yeah. I think that she was ready to take that sort of dramatic plunge too. I mean, of course we can't talk about Rachel getting married without talking about Anna Devere Smith. Oh my God. Oh, she's just wonderful. Just, and oh, <laughs> oh, oh, my favorite thing about that movie is Anna Devere Smith. I it's, it is the essence of nuance. She is a nuance in the movie. Oh, she is she really is uh and you did a whole episode about that or was mm-hmm. that well, like a multiple was it just about that scene or was it like a couple scenes that you talked about on in the details well there's that scene so there's that one fight you know the one confrontation after yes. the um the salon when you know when rachel finds out that kim was you know lying about you know things that had happened to them and um when she was in rehab and so then there's that whole confrontation with her father and I mean, everyone is great in it, you know, and uh, yeah. Rosemary DeWitt is fabulous. She's another actress. She's like, great. if she's in something, I'll go see it. But what I love about all of that ultimately is like Anna Devere Smith's character playing the stepmother is like sitting at a side table and she can't really be a part of it, but she is in the room, you know, and and when mm-hmm. um, when, when Rachel says something about like, oh, Kim, did you know or, you know, dad, did you know Kim, you know, told someone we were molested and um Carol Anna Devere Smith's character goes what and like she has that that maternal hair trigger response but it's just adding like it's not really part of the conversation you know like yeah because obviously it's not true and that you know real revealing that that was a lie but I love that that's her and that she's still a part of the scene you know um yes, yeah but I mean that movie is that movie is fabulous oh and Deborah Winger the scene with Anne Hathaway yes. and Deborah Winger uh, is great. And if you don't like Anne Hathaway, you can see her get punched in the face by Deborah Winger. <laughs> I mean, sign me up, Jake. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and after that, there was some other, there was like some rom, was it Bride Wars I wrote down and Love and Other Drugs, <clears throat> that Jake Gyllenhaal. A yeah. A lot of gifts come from that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that crying the gif. The crying gif. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then in 2011, she hosted the Oscars with James Franco. Do you do you remember this, Colin? Because I I watched the opening monologue again today, and it was something. I I never. I don't think I watched the Oscars that year, and maybe it was okay. because of that. But I heard it was very uncomfortable. 
Yeah, here's my take, hot take, because mm-hmm. I I just watched it maybe about twenty minutes before we re, uh, re- whoa we recorded, mm-hmm. and um I just first of all James Franco was stoned. He was stoned the entire time. Mm-hmm. He was like it's like she was left out there on her own. Right. Like she he was giving her nothing. Um, and she is not necessary. I think she has like a comedic flair about her, but she's not Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. Right. And I could see where these jokes could have went right. It's like almost like I want to give her like a line reading with some of them too, because it wasn't bad material that she had to say, but of course some of it relied on James reacting Mm -hmm. and, um, a lot of it was just like a little clunky. So it's, it's pretty awkward, but it's not... I don't want to say it's a complete train wreck, but like at the time too, I don't know what was happening right before that, but like during this, it's definitely like the the ball was rolling. It was like Mm -hmm. the snowball was turning into like you know a bigger snowball and everything. And right, and everyone blamed her for it. Like she was the one who got all the shit, which Mm -hmm. is just. That's where I started to go bullshit on a lot of this because I watched a couple of those like it's like those Miss Mojo YouTube oh God, videos. It's yes. like yeah, which are terrible, but like mm-hmm. I it was Nikki included Swift. in one of them. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um because it just wasn't her fault. Uh, you know, it was a weird pairing, it was a weird choice. I don't really know why, but that's who they went with, and it just was an unfortunate situation and it's it sucked. Um and then after that was like the Dark Knight Rises in 2012 and that was also the same year as Les Mis too so it's just like this whole <sighs> the height of people disliking Anne Hathaway publicly was kind of syncing up with her reaching this career height because like The Dark Knight Rises obviously was you know a, a good movie um, and she played Catwoman and I think she was she did yeah so like it was a, she had a great role in it um, and then Les Mis and so it was like there she and like you know, it's sort of interesting to, to not to jump too deep into that performance yet, but like, it's really interesting to talk about this performance after talking about Laura Dern and Marriage Story because Laura Dern and Marriage Story, I'm like, I can't find the Oscar moments, and in Les Mis, it is one long Oscar moment. Everything she yeah. does is like an Oscar real moment, and so it's like again, so it's like she's working so hard to win every award possible, and mm-hmm. um. And yet, like, that's also when people are like, oh, fuck Anne Hathaway. And, like, I feel like that moment when she gets the Oscar and she says, oh, you know, you came true. And it's just, like, silent in the room. It's just, like, everyone being like, oh, fuck off. You're not allowed to enjoy this. You're a you're a yeah. jerk. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You were bad at the Oscars, you know? <laughs> it, I, it's so bizarre. I feel for her, but I also, like... Because I watched a couple of videos and there's like a whole bunch of things that just like really rubbed me the wrong way and other things that I do sort of understand. And number one is sort of what you've already mentioned is like she is that musical theater girl. Yeah. She is the one saying thank you five. And she yep. is the one who's like sucks up to the director and then like orders people around backstage possibly. And I don't know if mm-hmm. it's all the time or how to what extent, but I can see that. I don't know it, whether or not it's true. I don't know. I'm just, uh, you know, just furthering along this Mm -hmm. story i guess but um the other thing like the big thing that makes me crazy is when i think like one of the peaks of people disliking her is when she cut her hair and i was like ladies and gentlemen she cut it for the role like she she buzzed it off like that was part of the why are you upset about hair it's mind-boggling to me yeah yeah it's 
and it looked cute for what it's worth. It was oh, she. I think it really suited her. This was yes. not a Shelby. Like this was like this was yeah. a good choice, and it was for the role. We saw it happen in the movie. It like yeah. it that it was real. Um. So yeah, I mean that's. You know, I was talking about this with someone about, you know, just like the Oscars in general and like how, you know, so often it's like even, you know, or just I guess I should say Hollywood in general, but like the Oscars as part of that. And that so often it's not merit based and that people aren't being judged based on merit. And even like these awards that we clean out about, like we probably give more credit on a merit basis than, you know, the actual people voting. And yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just how we want to see it. But I think shit like this like i think at a certain point you have to say okay i can't put too much weight on what these people are saying because they're dumb (laughs) yeah exactly i was talking to keon about this at breakfast this morning and he was talking about how um when carrie russell cut her hair for felicity Mm -hmm. the tv show and how like viewership plummeted because of a haircut i do not get it yeah i know it's it's nuts. It's really, I mean, those are, that's when you see stuff like that. It's like, oh boy, we are, man, as far as we've come there in some places, we are, you know, our feet are, are glued to the floor. Yeah. It's like these sort of gender dynamics, I guess, or gender roles, whatever you want to call it. But it's like, um, if you know, those sort of haircuts or hairstyles are meant for like an elderly woman. It's like you, you're supposed to keep long hair for mm-hmm. your twenties. Mm-hmm. And if you cut it shorter, like I could just picture, I don't know if my grandma would say it, but like, if like, Oh, she cut off all her beautiful hair. Right. What did you do? Right. It's like this whole sort of, and it's like, I think of, um, Tiffany from it bears repeating, uh, a lovely podcast. And she buzzed her hair recently, like last year or something like that. And mm-hmm. like, she would like tweet and post about just like the shit that people would say to her. And it's crazy. Yeah. The people who have no right yeah. to say anything or no grounds to stand on will just volunteer their comments about hair. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. God. Especially for women. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's. It's bananas. It's bananas. Yeah. But the other thing, the other things just briefly to mention here is just that like there was something that came out about how like when Anne saw her performance uh, for the first time in Les Mis, she like sobbed. But then like later after that, she said like, actually, I don't think I was really that great. Uh, so there's like a little bit of uh, oh. confusion there. Mm. And then like another thing that she said like was that when she got the Academy Award, she was still in the headspace of Fontaine. She had not yet shaken off, you know, what she sort of was connecting to and, like, uh, had a really hard time shaking the character, which, fine. You know, I, I yeah. it's like there are, I, okay, but also, I don't know. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't really an enjoyable experience for her to win the Oscar because she was still like in that headspace too. And then there was like another thing I saw in a video about how she doesn't work well with female directors. Um, and she only really loves really like working with male directors because she doesn't trust women directors. That sounds a little fabricated. Yeah. Um, that one seems a little, I mean, yes. honestly, so does like, I still feel like Fantine at the Oscars. It's like, girl, you finished filming this thing. Like, yonks ago yeah yeah you're telling me you so, went all through post-production and like what else what else were you in after les mis well i got my imd db up okay so we got les mis in 
2012. So are you telling me that when you were lending the voice of Jewel in Rio 2 in 2014, did you still feel yeah. like Fentine? Yeah. I just need to know. Yeah, I know. I know. And I, and like, I think overall, like to kind of, it's like, but still, you know, if you have more to say about the conversation too, but I, I still really like Anne Hathaway. I think she's a talented actress. I definitely jumped on board on the Anne Hathaway sort of like, ugh, rolling eyes. And I just didn't, I didn't even know why I was rolling my eyes, mm. but all my friends at that time were kind of rolling my eyes, <laughs> rolling my eyes. They were rolling my eyes for, <laughs> for me. For you, yeah. Um, in a way, uh, so to speak. Right. Uh, I was just kind of going with the flow of what everyone was talking about. Mm. And what I was being fed on either social media or just like the the general public or what I've been reading about her. And I, I don't know the real story. I don't know. No one really does. I think that she was just kind of going through it. And it does suck that she won an Oscar and was kind of in the lowest point of her mental state, I guess, uh, whether it, it's uh, Fontaine related or if it's just like where the public was and how she was dealing with that. Cause that's a lot. It's like a Fifi O'Hara situation mm-hmm. too. It's like, how do you really navigate that? Right. And, and like that's come out on the other side. Yeah. Like that's more of what I would imagine is that she was feeling more of this sense of like maybe the, this, the, the Fontaine of Hollywood, you know, just being used yes. and abused and that she dreamed a dream of being Hollywood America's sweetheart. And, you know, now she's got no hair and nobody likes her. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think that like, to me, this is my opinion, I think that Jennifer Lawrence is like the antithesis of that. She is the like, let's go grab a beer with Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I'm going to burp and swear. And I'm just like you. And I was one of the first people, <laughs> like, not really like on record. There's no record of this. But, you know, I, I, I started smelling something in the water or like noticing something like far before the general public did. I was like, you know what? I think this is just a little too much and I'm going to step away for a bit. Mm. I wished her well. She obviously won that Oscar and she, but now I don't quite know what she's up to. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's interesting, yeah. right? Like the, all those things that you noted that she did that everyone loved. It's like, well, she was acting like a dude. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, yes. I think there's, you know, there's, interesting, there's right? kind of that there's, I think, you know, I think that's why people like Sandra Bullock is because they feel like, oh, I could have a beer with her, you know? Um, yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, I think she's great, but I think that she certainly has that appeal. Whereas someone like Reese Witherspoon, you'd be like, I don't know. Maybe I could have like a Frosé with her, but she's probably going to be really Frose. annoying. And that might exactly. not be true, but like that's just how people – it's like, oh, I mean – it it all comes down to like oh yeah how masculine are you how feminine are you you know sure um and even jennifer lawrence has that like huskier voice mm-hmm. too like it's sort of like that that's interesting that's really interesting um but i think if there's some sort of happy medium between anne hathaway and jennifer lawrence like that's that's the sort of balance to find it's like you should be you can still be funny and cute and coy, but you can also still be like a real person too. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, Amy Adams is a great example of that, right? It's like someone who yeah. I feel like is very much is very like likable and kind of relatable and also, you know, um, isn't doesn't feel like she's trying to like, you know, sit with the boys. You know what I mean? Like Same. It does, it, yeah. there, nothing feels fabricated about her energy. And I feel weird like, well, women, you know, you should be this or you should be that. But I think yeah, it's no, like it's not. Yeah. It, I think it's in terms of um, what people respond to, you know, and how people respond to it. And another person who really 
I think embodies that is Emily Blunt. Mm. I think she's hysterical. I think she's a great actress, and I she's married to John Krasinski. Lucky lady. Yeah. Um, but I think she's awesome too. That sort of energy. Mm-hmm. Of, I don't know. It's all a game. It's all a. Game. It's all a it's game. Just like it's. I can only imagine. I can only mm-hmm. imagine what it's like. But um, you know, campaigning for an Oscar and trying to be perfect and like really taking your art seriously and all that other good stuff. But uh, yeah. I'm still rooting for Anne. I think that um, I mean, as we talk about this performance too, yeah, yes, yeah, she's going to be in the the remake of The Witches, and I feel like yes, <clears throat> Colin, that is going to be a big deciding factor for me, you know, in Oof. terms of like because that, I mean I love that movie, and she's playing the Grand High Witch, which was originally know. played by Angelica Houston, you know, it, it, who was you know older than Anne Hathaway is going to be, you know, in this role, I, I'm pretty sure, and like that kind of age and that kind of presence, it's Angelica fucking Houston, like yeah, it's it, she's formidable, and so I am open to it, but it's just like big shoes to fill, so yeah. Um, so we'll see. You know, I mean, I, you know, I am here to just celebrate women as much as possible. So Absolutely. there's room for Anne. Um, yes. Speaking of celebrating women, should we maybe just give a mention to the, no- the her fellow nominees? Yeah, great bunch uh, of gals. Yeah. Now, the thing is, across all the ones we talk about, the BAFTAs, the Golden Globes, Critics' Choice, Green Actors Guild, it's pretty much the same batch. Uh batch of ladies and uh the other thing that all of them have in common is that Anne hathaway won every award um she beat all Another of them sweep. yeah she wow. was a total sweeper so sally field for lincoln and helen hunt for the sessions um you know there was some like the screen actors guild had like a nomination for nicole kidman and one for maggie smith um the critics choice awards oh the critics choice awards had a nomination for Anne dowd oh <gasps> For compliance, have you heard of compliance? No. Oh, it's twisted. I've seen like half of it, and I like was like, oh, I gotta finish this some other time. It's okay. She's great in it. it it's it's not a horror movie, but it's intense. Um, you huh. sh- you should. It's a great display of Anne Dowd. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, Judy Dench, you're not young. Uh, you're, you're not, not young. young. I don't know what, what I don't know what accent that is, but it's like Jackie Weaver yeah. was creeping in <laughs> yeah, there. You're <laughs> not young, Jackie Weaver. Um, <laughs> Uh, she was a, B- a BAFTA nominee, right, Judy Dench? Uh, Judy, she got Critics' Choice Awards nomination for Skyfall. Oh, um, got it. Oh, but she was also got a BAFTA nomination. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's an interesting mm-hmm. one. But I mean, we love Judy. We love Judy. Uh, and yeah, Amy Adams for The Master, um, Golden Globes. Let's see. I think it was also yeah, Amy Adams. Nicole, Nicole Kidman. Kidman got in there for The Paperboy. Yeah, I don't know that movie. Um, I do not know I think her. Zac Efron is in it. Oh. Okay. A very tan Zac Efron. Oh. When is he not? Yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, yeah, this brings us, of course, to the um, all the same names we've just mentioned. But uh, yes. for the nominations for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress uh, for 2012, uh, Helen Hunt for The Sessions, Sally Field for Lincoln, Amy Adams for The Master, Jackie Weaver for Silver Linings Playbook, and, of course, Anne won. Um, so just before we dive into Anne's acceptance speech, I'm curious, uh, any of any thoughts or takeaways you have on any of the fellow nominees? Yeah. Um, I've seen, let me see here, uh, two out of the, the other four movies that are mentioned here with those actresses. I saw Silver Linings Playbook. Mm-hmm. Jackie Weaver is giving, you know, <clears throat> quintessential BSA mom energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... 
this is one of those examples where it's kind of like she got swept up in the whole cultural moment of that movie. Yep. I'm not mad at a nomination for Jackie Weaver. I think that's lovely. Uh, you know, I, I don't know who else maybe could have filled that spot in this year. It could have been a snub or two. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think she's great in that movie. Um, and I remember her as well because she's kind of just like the mom in the background. But she has a couple moments and she's cute and she like you know, brings beers to the boys. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I also have you seen that? I ha- have seen it. And I agree with you okay. completely that it's very much, it was a, a ship on the rising tide and she had, she was a, you know, big contender two years earlier for animal kingdom, um, yes. which was the year yeah. that Melissa Leo won um, yeah. for the fight. So it's MTV girl. <laughs> yes. She comes into my house. <laughs> talking to me like this. Um, And then we had uh, the other movie that I saw was uh, Lincoln. Oh, you did? Okay. Um, I did, yes. I've never been more attracted to Abraham Lincoln than I was in this movie. Really? I remember I went through some complicated emotions and feelings for Daniel Day-Lewis. There's something (laughs) about the way he plays him that is, like, very understated and sort of, like, sexy. And there's this, like, one scene where he just, like, kind of, like laying on the bed and he has like his like his feet are propped up and he's just like chilling and i'm like abe yeah <laughs> like how dare you sit like that yeah i'd like it was, to it was I'd like to four score for seven <laughs> years or so <laughs> <laughs> um so but sally field is you know i think this is almost like uh like a, I don't know. I'm trying to compare it to someone, and I can't think of anyone too. But she has like a scene mm-hmm. for sure. There's an argument scene with uh, uh, Daniel Day Lewis that's very good. It also was like a big contender that year, so I think it also is under the umbrella of okay, big budget movie, Lincoln, mm-hmm. Sally Field, big name, put her in there. Mm-hmm. But she's she's great. Yeah, I, she's great in it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the impression that I got. Uh, I did not yeah. see it. I did see the sessions. I don't remember Ooh. it terribly, but I did see it. I remember. I, I really appreciated Helen Hunt in it. Like I, um, I wouldn't say infamously, but I uh, do want to go on the record of saying that I, I don't think she was very good in as good as it gets um i don't think she was as good as it got that year interesting conversation yeah yeah i just it is a terrible accent there's only one moment she has in that whole uh movie where i think she deserved recognition i think helen hunt is great just again it's like laura dern i love her but just not in that movie um also, I love to talk about like actresses who I want to see play sisters, and Helen Hunt and Laura Dern as like two handsome sisters. Oh yes, oh. such striking features, such pointy uh, faces, yes. for lack of a better word. The but noses I, I'm into it, yes. Oh. Like yes, I want I want a movie where all the actors have like they're they play a family and they all have big noses. So like Laura Dern and oh, Helen yes. Hunt and. I don't know. Other people with big... Oh, Adrian Brody plays their brother. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. It'd be great. It'd be great. I love that. I was, I was curious about this movie because mm-hmm. it seems like such a good, almost like Marissa Tomei wrestler moment. Was it Was it that? I don't know if it went to or that... Didn't... I don't remember if okay. it went to that level. Um, I would see it again. I remember liking it. Not loving it, but liking it. Um, but that she had a really good role. Uh, and then I appreciated her in it. And I appreciate that she got recognized, but I totally yeah, understand why she didn't win. Yeah. Yes. Got um, it. And I haven't seen The Master, uh, though, I mean, I've seen a couple clips of it. I mean, I'm sure it's great. It's just like, it's a hard movie to like, get excited to go see because I think it's kind of heavy. Yeah. It's like Philip Seymour Hoffman, Joaquin Phoenix, Rami Malek is in that yeah. movie. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting cast and I had not seen it. If this was like, 
if we played the game of like name all of Amy Adams nominations like throughout her career, this mm-hmm. would be the one that I would forget. Mm-hmm. I would totally forget about uh, forget about this moment. But, yeah. Uh, great. We love Amy. We love we Amy. Love I'm happy to see yeah. her get recognized. And one of yes. these days, Ames. Uh, one of these Ooh, days. That's gonna be a year for us. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be a good good year. Uh, um, that being said, Anne won every award. She won the BAFTA. She won the Golden Globe. She won the Critics' Choice. She won the Screen Actors Guild. She probably won a whole bunch of other awards. And so, uh, as we like to do, let us give her uh, a chance to share her Oscar acceptance speech with us via me downloading it from YouTube. This is the first Academy Award and second nomination for Anne Hathaway. She was previously nominated for her leading role in Rachel Getting Married. It came true. (laughs) Thank you so much to the Academy for this and for nominating me with Helen Hunt, Jackie Weaver, Amy Adams, and Sally Field. I look up to you all so much and it's it's just been such an honor. Thank you. There are so many people whose generosity and support is the reason that I'm standing here right now. I must thank Hugh Jackman. Hugh, you're the best. The cast, the crew, especially Simon Hayes and the Sound Wizards, congratulations on tonight, you guys. Um, the creative team behind Les Miserables, Cameron McIntosh, Tom Hooper, from Working Title, Eric Fellner, Tim Bevan, Deborah Hayward, and from, um, from Universal, Ron Meyer, Donna Langley, and Adam Fogelson. Thank you guys for your faith, and thank you for this opportunity. I have to thank my team, led by the lion-hearted Susan Bimel, Josh Lieberman, Mick Sullivan, Maha Dekeel, um, please say, I just said everyone, <laughs> Josh Lieberman again, just to be safe, um, <laughs> um, Stephen Huvane, Jason Sloan, and special contributions by Frank Salvaggi and Carrie Wagner. I want to thank my friends, especially the ones who are cheering from Crosby Street tonight, my family, who I'm so blessed to be a part of, my husband. By far and away, the greatest moment of my life was the one when you walked into it. I love you so much, and thank you for this. Here is hoping that someday in the not-too-distant future, the misfortunes of Fontaine will only be found in stories and never more in real life. Thank you. Well, it was, uh, it was a little bit of a Renee Zellweger name fest. Yeah. This is another thing. Go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted. Your oh, I mean that—that's—that's that's the sum of it. Which it's like at first, you know, she has a cute little moment, and then it's just names and just names. And like, I appreciate you got to name everybody, but you know, like, I like the idea of her, like, you know, all her friends on Crosby Street, like in some like New York apartment, cheering for her. I thought that was like a cute mention, but. I'm always curious as to we all know everybody knows the the Oscar acceptance speech is like a moment to like say something and and like it's a PR moment in some ways that why is it still that naming so many people is requisite like why does that that must do something that must mean something that you name somebody in your Oscar acceptance speech there has to be something tactical about this that people would still do it so much when we all know that it's it's about getting a great soundbite or becoming a, a viral moment from you know the next day you know yeah oh an interesting question too um 
I want to take a little sidebar for speaking of speeches too, because one of the videos that I watched about Anne Hathaway was like that she gave a really clunky, awkward, rehearsed Baptist speech. So I was like, hmm, Ooh. let's go check this out. So I listened to it or watched it rather. And it's fine. It is fine. It is. It's like Melissa Leo was more awkward oh. than Anne Hathaway. And I'm like, and we let her get away with it. Right. Um, <laughs> crazy. Um, Kate made it look so fucking easy. That's what she whoops. said. I was like, yeah, whoops. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, shit. Um, anyways, uh, I love you, Melissa. But I, 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 it was just like another thing where I was like, guys, this is fine. But uh, yeah, as far as like the naming, I, I, yeah, I think she could have really done with like a really, you know, America's Sweetheart sort of like speech to get herself back on track. But she doesn't owe that to anyone. I want, I, I can only imagine what was going through her head in the moment too. She did seem not surprised, but I think she was like, her, her pulse was racing a bit too. Like, mm-hmm. cause you never know. You really don't. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, and uh, she, I thought she was like quite charming. Like beyond beyond the it came true and then the crickets, right? Um, that happened after that too. But I I also think that there was like that thing she said at the end where she's like, and I hope that in the future the Fontines of the world will only be characters that are written in books or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, like the pl- okay. the fate of Fontine will only be stories that we read in books and not yeah you know what's happening in real life. And it was like okay, thank you. Like that I was like oh and. The thing is, if that's such a Pollyanna kind of like sweet thank you five musical theater girl thing to say, and it's just like playing into what everybody thinks. It's like, okay, yeah. thank you, Anne. Yes, may there never be any famine or poverty or or unjust haircuts ever again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's and it's unfortunate that was the last thing she said. Mm-hmm. So it's like that's what everyone's sort of stuck with too, and. She looked great. I do like that pink dress a lot yeah. that she wore. Um, but that hair. Ah. The hair. What was she thinking? <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I, um, you know, I, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. Well, let's get into this performance. Yes, please. Let's let's dive in. Uh, so she is, yes, in like a, you know, two and a half hour movie. She's, she's in about 20 minutes of it, I guess. Um, yeah. More or less. And... Uh, you know, she, what I appreciated, like, was right away. So, like, you know, she kind of comes in in this, like, you know, at the end of the, and at the end of the day, um, which is a song that I'm not enjoying and everyone's being very musical theater. And I'm, I'm, I'm imagining a lot of bad, like, I imagine like a community theater production of it with a lot of bad scowl acting and scowl singing. And that's maybe what's yeah, putting me off, like, you know? Like uplighting, just like lights and like to make them look. <laughs> yes. And people kind of overacting the, the like the rage of it. I'm like, oh, guys, stop. Um, so <laughs> who am I? But anyway. Uh, <laughs> which is which is actually a song from Les Mis. <laughs> who am I? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> which I thought you were doing on purpose, but then I was like, I don't think he <laughs> no, knows. I don't that. know that reference. <laughs> okay, but I wish. Good. Wouldn't yeah. that be great? Um Who am I? Who am I? Um so I uh but so all that's happening and you know, the other women are kind of, you know, doing their sort of talk singing in the in the little factory of sorts. And very handmaid's tale, very that whole, like color palette, mm-hmm. but not red. It's like blue instead. It's yeah. Oh yeah. Visually, it was really like. I mean, all yeah. of this. There's no criticism of the of the visuals of it, but 
everyone is playing a certain vibe, a certain frequency, for lack of a better word. And sure. then Anne has her own, you know, uh, weepy through singing, weepy singing, kind of talking, muttering, mousiness that it like it was so it was such a breath of fresh air i was like oh what are you doing and it was such a great it was such a great example of like the bsa frequency she just was playing things on a different level from the start and i i think the fact that like and i didn't know this until reading about it that like all of this was sung live you know they didn't there's no dubbing you know it was all kind of done in the moment uh, that it kind of gave the actors the opportunity to kind of have that that improvising and that in and that um, interpretation and to not just try to like, yeah. keep up with the music, and I think that she took that opportunity and ran with it from like sure. the start. And I just I love that. Yeah, um, I was talking to Amanda about this because I texted her. I was like, uh, Amanda Kaczynski, Best Supporting Actress, who Best actually course. played Fontaine oh, in Les Mis. Shut up. Oh. Yes, ma'am. Um, so which I would love to hear her. I dreamed a dream. Mm. I, she'll never sing it for us, Colin, but it's okay. One of these days. One of these days. Um, because I'm sure she killed it. But one of the things that was interesting is that she was talking about. Um, I I don't think, and I'm I'm I think I'm speaking for a man, and I I want to do it justice too. But I I don't think she's 100% on board with Anna Hathaway because she always saw Fantine as like a stronger person. She's like someone who kind of at least at the beginning until she like really couldn't fight anymore was like fighting. Mm. Um, and that's like the one thing I would maybe change, but I do agree with what you're saying. Like there is certainly like a shift in the wind whenever we meet. And I just wish she had a little bit more bite to her. Um, but of course she's like battling against like 50 women who are just like, you're a whore, you know, it's like, it's, I'm sure it's hard. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I hear but, that. I, I feel yeah. like I I read some comments, you know, on like the YouTube clip of her singing "I Dreamed a Dream," and people saying like, "Oh, I feel like I this is you know, yes, that's totally different from like the sort of traditional interpretation." But I feel like I really understand the lyrics now, and like this makes so much sense. Like this is a woman who's lost everything, who's you know, and it makes sense. It's like I dreamed a dream, and it's like some dreams just aren't supposed to happen. It's it ain't yeah. happening. It's not in the cards. And, not for me. Uh, and I felt like all of that. It really came through, and I, I guess I feel like I understand that. I totally understand that trajectory of, like, her, because she is, like, fighting to stay alive and protect her daughter and whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, or keep her daughter alive. And I I feel like I still, I mean, obviously, she's, like, surviving all of this, you know? And so it's kind of, I think Anne Hathaway's doing it in a different way, in, like, a sort of, like, endurance kind of way, you know, of, like she's like, I don't know. Like there, I, I didn't feel, I get what you're saying and I get that interpretation, but I, um, I guess I just didn't, nothing was missing for me. Um, no, you know, um, I, I, I see that too. I think that it's kind of like she's running a marathon and she has like six more miles to go, but she's already in it already. So she's not going to stop. She's like, well, I got to finish this. And I think it's very sort of, yeah, she settles into that, sort of feeling of uh i don't want to say being defeated but in a way too she's just kind of accepting her fate mm-hmm. far before she even you know bef- before she like dies too but um yeah but yeah and it's also more like flawed characters in that sense too are more fun to watch too mm-hmm. and it's definitely uh definitely 
uh, that energy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, and I mean, I, she does, she does fight back a couple points. She smacks, she slaps that one guy in the factory. Yeah, she does. That's true. You know, I feel like it, I I actually found that that then to be really interesting because you don't think she's gonna and then she lashes out and um yeah I I really I I I was just drawn to her right away and I think mm-hmm. even the like the way that she's introduced is so interesting like that way that we like we're seeing these other women and then there she is like it was such a great introduction best supporting actress kind of introduction it it, yes, it made me think I of agree. like the way Anita is introduced in West Side Story you oh. know just love it yeah the whole dress scene yeah um yeah i think that uh and after that at the end of the day and then it kind of just you know it it goes to the next scene which um it's like i believe it's like the selling of the hair Mm -hmm. and like the teeth moment too which is a lot i mean that's it's it's a lot yeah Um, um yeah the selling of the hair um and then yeah she gets the teeth pulled out and then um yeah, and then which goes right into I dreamed a dream. Yeah, because yeah, then she, she like, gets sold, and she gets sold to that guy, and she gets onto the ship, and it's you know like all of this, like everything that's happening in these moments, like yeah, she is she's playing the suffering at a twenty seven. I like that idea, like yeah, that she's she got six more miles of the marathon, and she's already you know dead on her feet, and so she's at yeah. that point, and I think you know then she's kind of singing, and there's some part where it's like the first time that she really sings out is like when she's like bending over for the guy to like fuck her. And she sings mm-hmm. something about like being already dead. Um, yes. And then it's like, and I feel like that was where we were also seeing like Fontaine's strength was like that, like that inner strength, that inner like awareness. Um, mm-hmm. But then it goes into a dream to dream. And mm-hmm. uh, now you had heard. So before this, cause I, I'd probably heard parts of the song, but it wasn't like super attached to it. Before this, you'd obviously heard multiple traditional versions of I Dreamed a Dream. Yeah. So yes. I'm curious how this read for you. Um, well, to kind of just like uh, further this thought, like my definitive version of I Dreamed a Dream is Ruthie Henshaw. She's a mm-hmm. musical theater actress. Most, I think she's uh, most known for her stuff in the West End. I think she's an English actress. I think she's English. I'm most certain about that, I think. Um, but, and she's also in the 10th anniversary concert of Les Mis. Okay. Um, also, um, yet again, like another bad wig, but stellar performance. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of grit to her voice and a lot of like, and I think, and that's what Amanda and I were texting about too. It's like, that's, uh, that's Amanda's sort of definitive version of it as well too. Mm-hmm. She has this like, um strength to her and this like guttural raw voice that is but also is powerful and clear and um with intention but also like it's like she's gonna fight until the very last like moment too so Mm. but i but with that being said like i don't think that there's i i think that the way that Anne did this too is also beautiful because this is like sort of like this uh, like a soliloquy sort of, sort of moment here it's like this is the number this mm-hmm. is the number and and, yeah. and and knows that too and the fact that the she got to sing it live and have it be so intimate and 
there's so many new notes, uh, both literally and you know figuratively, that she brought to this performance because of it. Mm. And was able to play with certain things and was able to speak certain things and almost like scream certain things yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of I love all the hand touching the forehead stuff. Ugh. I love when after she's like as uh, as. Uh, it turns your dream to shame and then she rises up and then she covers her mouth after it. Mm-hmm. Like that choice is, it's great. Yeah. It's great stuff. Oh, I love the hand on the forehead stuff. I love the, the singing through tears, singing through sobs moments. I, uh, the, the screamed lines. I, I, I should go check out this other performance just to kind of like mm-hmm. see like what you two kind of consider the, the, definitive performance and like what it's capturing if it's capturing something different um just to kind of see another interpretation but this was it was like oh this is my kind of musical theater this yeah like what Anne Hathaway was doing I couldn't believe that this is what I was thinking and feeling but I was like what Anne Hathaway is doing to musical theater what this musical theater girl is doing to musical theater is exactly what makes me like musical theater and yeah. like what I want to see more of is this like, is this, um, and, and it felt, you know, cause sometimes with some of the things I like don't love about musical theater is like getting to these really guttural emotions and these like really ugly, unsingable emotions, I guess, honestly, sometimes, or I feel skeptical about like musical theater style hitting that like same nerve for me and i want to be proven wrong you know like i'm Mm -hmm. here to be proven wrong all day but that's like i guess the explanation for why i don't get excited by it because i know i know from like a a movie or like a straight play that i'll get a crying scene or a monologue or something that hits the notes that excite me and my honestly assumption from musical theater from you know a lot of shows that i've heard or songs that i've heard i'm like well this feels like a performance of grief and not really grief. Ooh, okay. You know? Yeah. I mean, I get that. Um, and I'm thinking about like Ruthie Henshaw too. And like, cause Ruthie Henshaw, she does, I don't know if you're familiar with the musical Oliver, like mm-hmm. my definitive version uh, of as long as he needs me is also Ruthie Henshaw. And in that same lame is 10th anniversary concert. Like my definitive version of on my own is Leia Salonga. Okay. Because it's just, I mean, I'd be interested. I'm sure all the musical theater gays out there will have, you know, their own opinions or maybe they'll be in agreement. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just who I connect with uh, in those roles. But you will find, I I think that when you watch Ruthie Henshaw, you will not feel the same feels as you did with Anne Hathaway. I can say that probably before you watch it. It's, it's, there's like stage performance and I think she she acts it well, and I think that there's I think for Ruthie it's more about the voice, mm-hmm. like her voice is is uh, is incredible too, and I think she's a really talented actress. But with this, uh, it is sort of like I don't know, it's like the indie movie versus like the you know the blockbuster, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sort of you're gonna you're gonna get more from the indie movie with like the low budget that has like the close up on the actress rather than this pulled back stage version of 10th anniversary and you know um all that stuff she mm-hmm. still gives it her all ruthie does um yeah but, uh that's yeah a, that's a I, good I agree, interpretation yeah, of yeah the indie movie versus blockbuster that's exactly what it feels like yeah yeah and i i i prefer both for different reasons mm-hmm. i think it depends on my mood but 
Um, yeah, there's not any part of this. Uh, go back, going back to Anne of of this performance that is not informed by everything that she is feeling. You can see every thought and every emotion on. It's like she's like vibrating mm-hmm. almost. It's 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 thrilling to watch. I, I really I remember watching this in the theater and I was like, whoa, yeah. Uh, and there was really. It was definitely one of those moments, I think, where I was like, well, I'm pretty sure she's going to get a nomination for this, if not win. I, I don't know if I was, like, secure in that thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know what time. I, it was probably, like, a holiday movie, like, either Thanksgiving or Christmas. I think where so. Where it came out. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's incredible. I agree. Yeah. I like, Watching this this performance and watching her just, like, just go to the 27 and, and be, you know, stopping to sob and then continue singing, like, it... It's like you you can't take this away from her. Like, this is so good. And in some ways, I kind of feel like the benefit of this, you know, her kind of getting the Oscar at the height of, like, public, you know, disaffection is, like, the best, the revenge is just to do well. And she just gave such a knockout performance. It's like, okay, say what you want. But, like, this to me, I think, is, like, Monique and Precious, where it's like, you can't deny. This is excellent. This is yeah. just excellent um it's it, she rings herself out and i don't get any of that you know it's interesting we, we do keep saying the sort of musical theater girl thing but none of that reads in this performance like she she lets it get ugly and lets it get harsh and i think those are the things that i get excited by is like when things yes. get kind of ugly and harsh and it's funny because it's like in some ways watching her you know, it's sort of the the heights of the song. It's like watching Beatrice Strait in Network, which is a performance that's not harsh or ugly. It's it's perfect and like, you know, very technique driven. But yeah, um, but I feel like I don't know. Anne Hathaway is giving me the same feels. Like she's she's just going to the same heights. Um, and it's and it also feels like there are moments of this performance where you're like, you can't look away. You're like, oh my god, like. It, like I it's just like there's just she's just doing so much she is working so fucking hard in this movie she's working so hard she lost so much weight (laughs) (laughs) she cut off her hair her beautiful beautiful hair and I know it's it is I, I I especially during I dreamed a dream it is it is very clear all of the work that Anne Hathaway is putting in um and that's like her job, right? Like we look at celebrities and we judge them for all this other stuff, but like they're actors, movie actors, their job is to do these roles and do them well. Yeah. And she's doing the job. Yeah. Uh, I can't see why that's not good enough. Yeah. Ugh, it's a couple things to add to this too. It's like, not for nothing, but singing while you cry Ugh. is incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Even talking while you cry is like, there's just like mucus and tears and other snot flowing down your face. And I don't know how she did that. A lot of people that I just listening to podcasts and stuff when they went to see uh, Dear Evan Hansen, like Ben Platt, like mastered the same thing. Mm. Like he was able to like openly sob on stage or at least cry and still sing beautifully. Mm-hmm. So Anyone that can do that, my hat's off to them um, because it, it is super hard to. I feel like Anne Hathaway's performance in this is this sort of perfect balance or marriage between the raw talent of Monique and Precious, and Precious excuse me, and like the studied sort of like trained like 
talent that you see in Beatrice Strait and mm. Network too. It's like a little bit of both. It's like this musical theater girl that's been preparing her whole life for this moment. Yeah. Because she did musical theater when she was younger. She lived in New Jersey. She was like always performing at Paper Mill. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a part of her pedigree. And to like be able to just say, oh no, I I know exactly what this needs to be. Mm-hmm. And to be able to deliver that is is incredibly satisfying for her and for us as as watchers or viewers rather yeah i mean i guess you know to give credit to the musical theater girl who who knows her you know cast recordings because it see it sounds like anne hathaway certainly there's a lot of new interpretations you know in this performance versus other you know versions of the song that i kind of feel like you know the old latrice royale thing of like you need to know where this music is coming from like yeah she knew this music, she knew this song, she knew these lyrics so well that she was able to kind of have her own interpretation and play new notes and whatnot. And I think that's that's the benefit of being that, you know, that that nerd is that you have like you understand the material enough to know how to fuck with it. And um you know, and and her singing, I mean, I I I love that idea that it's like Beatrice Strait meets Monique. Um because yeah, her singing. I mean, I am no, I am no judge of of what you know. I would not be able to hear mistakes in her singing, but it's beautiful. Like she has a gorgeous voice. It just like sure. works and and reads so. It it just feels so raw, and I just like. I guess I didn't expect that level of like true raw vulnerability from Anne Hathaway. Yeah, I I think where you will where you will find the most contention with this performance is the singing. But I I I agree with you, and also like I I also see because like compared to Ruthie Henshaw, mm-hmm. like who's just like a mag- it's always just been like sung really well and acted really well too by everyone too. But this, it's like she doesn't quite care. I'm not gonna say she doesn't care how it sounds too, but there is that like raw sort of because like you know you could see like the veins on the side of her neck but Mm -hmm. it's also because of how she's acting too it's like there's not really a lot of this singing that's like relaxed i will say that too it's like it goes up to like a b flat maybe like a c at the end too which is fairly high uh not like in like high-ish it's like mid-range too but that's the sort of like musical theater you know, like, oh, well, you know, it's not, you know, the most beautiful singing in me that comes out as well, too. Mm. And I, I think a lot of other people felt that at the time. Um, they just wanted it sung the way that it should have been sung. But um, I think it would no, have been so boring. That... Oh, like, I think, like, I get yeah. that, like, there's probably technical elements. I'm sure there are other singers who are technically doing more perfect, masterful performances. But this was just like... No, she certainly gets the job done. Yeah. And, and you hits all the right peaks of mm-hmm. what needs to be hit. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. That's what's beautiful to me is like, yeah, it's like Melissa Leo in The Fighter is beautiful because it's like, it's like, oh, you're perfect. This is exactly what the role is calling for, you know? Yes. Yeah. Like if you were well-dressed and had nice hair and, and weren't, you know, like the female Rodney Dangerfield, you know, I want to get this girl in my house, then it wouldn't yes. work. It wouldn't work. It would not. No, um, it's a to- and I think that's what excited me the most about it. It was so- it was something that I had never seen done with that song mm-hmm. to to make that seem fresh and new and um, unlike any other performance I've seen of that. That was the exciting thing. And th- that's the other difference too is just like film versus stage. Like mm. you can get away with so much more nuance, especially because 
which is also like one of the critiques of the film too, but I think it serves and really well in this case are the close-ups. There were a lot of close-ups in this movie. Mm-hmm. And some people hated it because it is this huge, like it was in the era of like mega musicals, like uh, Miss Saigon and Les Mis and like uh, all that other, like Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff, like Evita and um, Cats and stuff mm-hmm. like that too. So it's it's in that canon. but um, And so the fact that Tom Hooper made it like this sort of more intimate, it's like he took a mega musical and put it in a black box theater. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I think where they needed to have that wide shot, you know, they, they achieved it, but, um, mm. but I think it works very well for this, this, uh, this number. For sure. Yeah. I feel like all the things I love about this are all the things that like traditional musical theater folks are like, ah, yeah, it's interesting though. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. that. Um, I mean that, that, that uh, makes sense to me, like, because all the things that musical theater people love about this, I'm like, ah, enough with that storytelling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, to your point about like the difference between stage and screen or, you know, film, uh, a great example of that is you can you can watch Viola Davis in Fences and that great scene in the backyard and you can watch it on Broadway and you can watch the movie version because she's in both of them. And they are very different. And the movie version is it. Yes, it, it benefits from close ups. And, you know, cinematography and so many other elements. I mean, the stage version is great, but it's a different yeah, experience. Yeah, I've seen that on YouTube yeah. a couple times, yeah. too. It is it's great. electric. It's like the people are just, like, oh. losing their shit yes. in the audience, and it's amazing. It's so great, but it's like you totally see the difference. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But Anna's great. I know it's like I I can hear Amanda Kaczynski just like cringing after me saying that too. But um, and maybe her opinions have changed over the years. Yeah. I don't know. But um, I think a lot of not just with Amanda but with other people too. It's this performance is informed by what was happening in real life too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all the Anna Hathaway haters were certainly not rooting for her in this part of her career and i think that it just like it's almost like the eye roll of everything and it's 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 unfortunate because this could go you know this is like top 10 top 15 bsa performances mm-hmm. for me like it is even though like at the beginning of this episode we were i was literally said that i forgot about this performance but i think it's also just some residual you know ignoring Anne during that and still not knowing you know where she stands i guess too but mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter it doesn't matter. Um, and she, she's been doing some stuff. Like we talked about that episode of Modern Love. Yeah, that she was on. She was she's great like, in that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the witches. And the yeah, witches. We'll see. Um, yeah, I, I think, um, this was yeah, this was like uh, of all of the ones we've done so far, definitely one of the more impactful performances. And yeah. Um, and obviously after I dreamed a dream, she's not in very much else. She's she's in bed. You know, he's on her deathbed and, you yes. know, has and, and, you know, plays that very well. And then we see her at the end, um, you know, in that lovely little moment. So, yes. um, but yeah, I dreamed a dream. I mean, that is what you give someone an Oscar for. Like it, it goes without saying, though, let's dive in. Like, what is her Oscar moment for you in this? When when did she win it? Ooh, I mean, it's definitely within the I dreamed the dream sequence it has Mm -hmm. to be i'd find you hard pressed to like rank anything above that but maybe you have i don't know um but i think after she sings as they turn your dream to shame dreams to shame i'm like questioning my lyrics now Mm -hmm. um when she reaches that peak and covers her mouth 
that was I just thought that was such an interesting choice and like just from the sake of um just like beautiful crying as mm. well there's one point where either she, like her mouth is open or she closes her eyes and looks up and it's like when the two tears just fall perfectly yes um <clears throat> and like i had a dream my life would be uh so very different from this hell i'm living just the fact that she that sort of like guttural roar that she does too mm-hmm. those are like three little micro moments within that sequence that it's it's hard to choose one of them but uh yeah no those i i i can picture all of those i agree with all of them there's another moment where she like i know it's on the word b and she like her eyes have this like wild look to the right like she has this sort of like wild look in her eye um but it's just it i i love that there is kind of it makes sense to me that like you're in this moment of like you know it's like the the reality that like all the things you know all the things you hoped your life would be are not going to happen it's like it drives you insane in a way it's like is this fucking real life like yeah like i could see her kind of she she wasn't fully resolved and resigned you know at the beginning of the song or even in the middle of it you know you see her sort of contending with this in the song and i think that's really Uh Um, but it's also in a lot of those moments, you know, that you mentioned. Yeah. And I agree. I think I think anytime she puts her hand on her forehead, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm done. I love that. I'm I done love that a lot. Oh, yeah, it's just great. And the tears are great. It's it's a it's a fantastic performance. Um, it really is. Yeah. Uh, to Anne. Yeah, yeah. To Anne. Cheers. Well, cheers to you, Anne. Uh, have a nice day, Hathaway. <laughs> um well uh before we go uh on our topic of bsas we of course have our regular segment of a bsa of the week um and for those who are not familiar our bsa of the week is a performance or an actor or a person or a food or a thing or a song or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress in our lives um so that bears the question what is the bsa of the week for you Ooh. Uh, well, I had a runner-up that happened just today that you and I actually did when you were in Pittsburgh. I was feeling a little, um, you know, famished midday. Keon and I were out and about, and I was like, you know what would be really good right now? Yes. I was like, a crispy chicken snack wrap, yes. a small fry, and a just a... I actually got the regular Coke this time. Good for I you. I the diets. Mm-hmm. Um, I went all in. Yeah. And uh, from McDonald's, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was exactly what I needed. It's like the perfect... It's just bad enough for you, you know? But mm-hmm. you also feel like, well, I didn't eat a Big Mac, okay? Right. I, I didn't eat that. Uh, so you feel good about yourself. And it's it's a nice little snack. Um, yeah. Oh, so that, that was great. so I good. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god uh yeah johnny and i just recorded like a, an only mary's episode for patreon and he was asking about pittsburgh and i was like yeah i had a snack wrap in a car it was heaven <laughs> we parked in, in a trader joe's park it was lot. you yeah. don't understand it was so good it was yeah, the car it really made was. it taste better <laughs> <laughs> there is something you know kind of dropping a fry underneath the you know the, oh i gotta get it <laughs> ketchup spilling it's, everywhere it, and it, like it's worth yeah. it yes uh, so that was my like runner up, but my BSA of the week goes to, this is like, I've been talking about cheer for a while now and I talked about it last week, mm-hmm. um, or the week before I can't remember, but there is a, uh, a guy on Instagram. His in- Instagram handle is, uh, at Benny drama seven. Um, and it is Benito Skinner is his name and he does 
this like tra- basically he's giving me like Chloe Fineman levels of like the characters of Cheer. Oh but wow! He goes the full nine yards. He dresses up as them. He like does the makeup. Uh, it is it's very well done, and it's just I know that you might never watch Cheer, Colin. It's fine. I'm I'm I've accepted that because it's not for everyone, but. Um, just know that like the nuances, the voice work, uh, the acting, the choices, like all of the stuff that he's doing is scarily accurate. It, it's like, it's, it's very thrilling and very, very, very funny. Like it's, it's mo- mainly poking fun at, uh, you know, the characters, but it's, it's how well that he's really diving into these characters. So if you are a fan of cheer, um, please go to Instagram immediately at Benny Drama Seven and look it up. You will not regret it. It was, it's some high acting, All high right. art. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yes. I, you know, I, I put on Cheer just to see the first few minutes, just to like get a feel for it. I didn't, I wasn't able to commit to the whole thing just because I had other stuff to do. But I was like, let me just get a, a taste so I know what I'm getting into. Sure. And I was like, okay, okay, all right. I'm, I mean, you have been singing its praises. I, I sure. will. I'm going to watch it. My intention was to watch. At least the first episode, so we could talk about it. But no, that's okay. Take but I'm going to. It's and, not going anywhere. Th- yeah. This is kind of making me want to watch it even more now. Yeah. Is knowing that there's like yes. some nuance waiting. Oh, it's it's really great. Okay. Um, well, my BSA yeah, of the week uh, has been a BSA of the week on this podcast before, I believe. Whoa! So it is our own, you know, a Diane Weist uh, on the. Uh, of, of best supporting podcast sure uh the diane weist of bs of the best supporting podcast is lizzo yes uh yes i i've <laughs> taken your recommendation and okay. uh the the gods smiled on me because uh i'm just in a total podcast slump I finished Name Drop by Ross Matthews. I just like I've just been at a dearth to find things to listen to. And I was yeah. like, I need something. And I was like, all right, girl, you and I, let's do this thing. Let's burn it down. And I put on Lizzo. I put on that album. And yeah, I, I love you. Yeah. Uh and I do. I I it takes a few listens to start to get the the medicine, you know. You, you like you, yeah, it's it, I get it. it all feels good, and you're loving it, and you're and but then you got to listen to it again, and you're like, oh, I didn't hear that line. Oh, oh, I needed to hear that line, and then you realize that you just need to play Jerome over and over and over and over, and you need to learn all the words, and you need to see it's a drag so queen perform this because I, I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you that song and I are having a moment. I cannot (laughs) tell you. It's so goddamn good. It's everything I love. It's, it's, it's like the Fontaine. It's the Anne Hathaway as Fontaine of songs because it's just, sometimes she's just acting. She's not singing all of it. Then it's so good. And this, it's like, um, uh, and, and, Patience takes practice and oh oh god it's, oh, it's so, so many great. moments and you know what is it um love ain't easy so I'll do the hard part or like you know whatever yeah. it is it's like oh god this woman this is what I like it it's it, it's very much it's next level yeah it's so good yeah 
I like I I listen I always listen to it in order. I never really mm-hmm. skip around. Um, so it it always comes at the right spot because Soulmate is right before that, and I do like Soulmate a lot too. But like once I hear that intro, uh, um, I am instantly on a different wavelength too. It just transports you to this like yes. stratosphere of like oh oh shit. oh Jerome. Go on and take your ass home. Oh, yeah. I uh, love it. I love it. I also, I'm, I mean, I'm enjoying all of it, but like, um, it took me a minute, but now I'm also really loving um, Heaven Help Me as well, which is typically a song I might yes. not be into, but uh, God, that's a great song. That's a, that, there, that song will heal you as well. Yeah. I actually really love Cry Baby, which is right after jerome mm-hmm. i feel that that mm-hmm. might not be a popular opinion but i i really i, I mean every song is great I every think. song uh, yeah and honestly. tempo featuring missy elliott like mm-hmm. it's it's great i would suggest watching that video if you haven't oh, yet because it's yeah real good i would love that. Um, but even because i love you there's something like that i'm crying because i love you mm-hmm. and then the bam, bam, mm-hmm. bam, i like blast that shit in yeah my car. it is <sighs> transcendent and lizzo is she must be protected at all costs yeah yeah yeah, i appreciate what she's doing i appreciate it and i think it's so glad it's so good and like i don't care about her weight i couldn't hear her weight at all i could just hear her music and so i don't yeah that's i just is so irrelevant um yes but i mean not that it doesn't you know work its way into some of the lyrics and i think that she's great i love when I love that she's celebrating herself and um, I, I, I just think it's so crazy that she's doing such great music and people are like, yeah, but what's her BMI? Like yeah, women right? can't catch a break. Yeah. Am I right? Ladies. <laughs> am I right? Ladies. <laughs> oh, uh, truth boy. hurts. Truth am, I right, ladies? am I right? Ladies. Oh yes. God. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, well, it comes to us all. Oh. It comes to us all. We all get played off at some point. It's happening to us now on Best Supporting Podcast. You may not realize it, but it really is. We're getting played off. Again? Again. Again. Yeah. Well, I guess thank you to, I mean, all the lovely ladies that we talked about. And Lovely Ladies is another uh, Lame song that I didn't even plan to do, too. Wow. uh, Yeah. uh, Thank you to Anne, to Amy, to Helen, Sally. You know, it's... uh, and Jackie, don't forget Jackie and Jackie Weaver. Weaver. Um, <laughs> a good day to Jackie Weaver. Um, and of course, if any of these lovely ladies uh, would like to get in touch with us to say thank you for their for this recognition, if Jackie Weaver wants to get in touch with us, how could oh. she do that? She could always send us an email at thebsapod at gmail.com or you can tweet us at bsapod on Twitter. Um, chime in with your thoughts. Chime in on what you think of Anne. We are we are all ears because I feel I'm interested now more than ever to see what happens as she kind of continues this new chapter with the witches and witches. I mean, the gays are gonna come for her, which makes me nervous. So she better. Yeah. We're rooting for you, Anne. You gotta cast a spell, girl. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, and if you want to get in contact with me, uh, you can always follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kochanov. And uh, how about you, Colin? Where can people find more of you? Well, you can find more of me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance. Uh, I'll have another episode coming out finally this week. 
I have a returning guest, Leanne, will be talking about hysterical blindness, which I'm very excited about. Oh, my God. I will send you a link. You need to see this movie. You would love this movie. Um, Okay. So, yeah, it's you. I know that you would love it. Um, I'm convinced. Um, So, uh, and you can find me on All Right, Mary, talking about drag race and drag competition reality TV shows and season 12, which is starting in like a couple days. Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. Great. Yeah. Well, well, I guess we should go listen to some Lizzo and just be inspired, continue to be inspired by women. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, one day more, I find myself inspired by women. Yay. I'm like, <laughs> that's a, that's a lame is reference. <laughs>